Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Biden's team gaslighting on steroids, brave doctors in the COVID era, food factories, fires, and fuel, and Trump endorsements and GOP victories. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. Hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Well, he who was inaugurated on January 20th had quite the uh, day recently, quite the episode. He spoke at a meeting of the AFL-CIO. You know, he's a big uh, union guy, big supporter of unions, and I thought about grabbing a clip from his speech. He was bellowing and just looking angry and spewing, but it really misses the point of what I want to make about this gaslighting. And put a comma there, gaslighting, I think most of you probably know the term already, but gaslighting, it actually came from a film, a, I think 1950s or so film, in which a husband trying to drive his wife nuts was essentially playing around with the lights in the alley and making her think things were happening that were not happening and looking at her, trying to convince her she's crazy and treating her like she's crazy. He was, and now the expression gaslighting came from. I think actually a more fun uh, mental picture of it has it comes from Star Wars where you know you had the uh, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi these are not the droids you're looking for these are not the droids you're looking for you know trying to like mesmerize these guards into not recognizing what was right in front of their faces I love that analogy so back to Biden you know he gives a speech at the AFL-CIO and he is ranting and raving about how wonderful the economy is and how wonderful things are going. And, and he uses things like, he said, since I took office, families have less debt and more savings. And he also made a, just a whole series of completely false claims. Uh, obviously, he's trying to stir up the unions. He wants a return in America to more and more unions. And he said he talks about people uh, lying about his reckless spending. He's not a reckless spender. I mean, he went on and on and on and on. And the whole point he's trying to make the American people is, the economy is great. This is, everything's going swimmingly, just swimmingly. I mean, everything's so great. He had a speech recently, which you can capture, you can capsulize. He basically said, you know, inflation is going down, on, except for every, on everything except for gas and food, which is like air and water which is like the basic things you need to function to have freedom. And that his statement wasn't even true, but he was trying to make the point, don't let all these headlines and all these fear mongers, American people, don't you let it scare you. Everything's going great. You might, my, you know, Marxist policies are working beautifully. My socialist collectivist government is doing a great job. Everything's wonderful. And I'm going to tell you folks, gaslighting works or the Obi-Wan Kenobi, these are not the droids you want you're looking for. This kind of stuff works on things that are not tangible to people when they don't really know what the answer is. And so, oh my gosh, America's, you know, climate change is going to kill us all. We're practically dead. We're going to all die next week. People get gaslighted and, and just, and, and so they look around, they think, well, everything seems fine, but it must be something's wrong with me. People can sometimes get duped by lies like that. But this whole effort, and we'll play more of it after this uh, in the next segment, but this whole effort by the Biden administration to try to tell the American people, everything's hunky-dory, everything's great, don't worry, you're just imagining all of this impact on your family budget from inflation. It is not going to fly. America is not going to be gaslighted by this. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I want to talk a little bit more about the Biden administration. And this is just, you know, this is kind of a, a Jimmy... Carter era, you know, resurrection of inflation out of control, gas prices up. I actually don't tell anybody. I'm old enough to remember when Jimmy Carter's gas prices 
really became a problem and people had to wait in line at a gas station. In fact, my car one time was at the was the last car and they they some of the service station owner came and said, "Okay, you know, I'm putting this on your bumper, you know, cuz it it said last car, you know, no more gas after this." So the guy behind me comes up, he goes, could I put that on my bumper? I said, absolutely. So, you know, I don't know how long they pass it down, but the point was, it was real. It was real if you're trying to live your life. And so in America, you have people who see that gas prices are changing everything about their life, their ability to live life. We know a young millennial who was just talking, my husband and me, basically saying, I can't afford to drive to my job. He lives pretty far from where his job is. I'm going to either have to change jobs or change apartments. Literally, I'm losing money to go to work. And so when people, you know, they have in America, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it's roughly like, you know, 50% of America literally lives paycheck to paycheck, meaning if they lose their job, if they're fired or whatever happens, they lose their job, they don't have savings on hand to keep paying for their life. And when an expense like fuel, which under Trump and under other actually rational Americans was a reasonable price, when that was true, then, you know, you had kind of a, um, you know, you could factor it into your, your bank account, factor it into your budget, and you'd roll along. But literally, and this is why these, these ruling elite Washington people do not understand this, for the average American who's not wealthy, who's not, you know, in the, in the ruling cabal, gas prices change everything. Just gas prices, let alone inflation on food and impending food shortages. So I don't think the Biden administration is going to be successful in pushing this whole notion that somehow, you know, you're just, you're being duped by mean headline writers and mean conservatives and everything's great here. I don't think it's working. But I want to play for you a clip or have Joe, my very wonderful producer here at this uh, satellite station where I get to do my show this week and, and many times going forward. But there was a clip that came. This was from an interview, a White House press conference with White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, answering uh, questions of the relentless, and thank God for him, uh, relentless um, uh, uh, journalist, I couldn't get it, Peter Ducey, Peter Ducey. So this is the Fox News guy at the White House asking her, Corinne Johnson, about the economy. Let's play that. Why do you think it is that 83% of people polled by the Wall Street Journal say the economy is poor or not so good? So when it comes to consumer confidence, is what you're talking about there, we know that uh, can reflect concern and uncertainty uh, about higher prices. People feel the effect of high prices uh, when they go to the grocery store and they feel they're up their gas, gas tank, which the president understands uh, very personally when he was uh, growing up and understanding how, uh, how when prices elevate uh, even just a bit, how much that can hurt a family, how much that can uh, really uh, affect uh, uh, you know, uh, someone's household. Uh, but the fact is we are in a fundamentally different place compared to when the president took office and compared to this time a year ago. And so, you know, during this president, during in his pre this presidency, people felt uncertainty, uncertain about the economy generally, but they actually felt as good about their personal financial situation as they ever have, according to the Federal Reserve Survey, with nearly 80% of adults reporting that they are financially comfortable. So but, that matters as, as well. But to the point about, you're, you're saying that people feel good about their personal financial situation. High gas prices, people can't get baby formula, the supply chain is messed up. I, everything is more expensive, but where's the good part? So the survey that I just read off started in 2013, and that is the first time that we saw numbers like this since 2013. So that does mean, no, that does mean something. Just like you gave me 83%, I that, another, I'm giving another, you- I, Newer I, than 2013, 61% are saying now in this Wall Street Journal poll, they are generally pessimistic about people having an opportunity to achieve the American dream. How's that gonna look on, so a, on when, a bumper sticker? I guess sticker? What, I'm, what I'm trying to say, Peter, is that we understand that people are feeling, feeling this. They are feeling uh, the increase of prices, uh, which with food in particular right now and gas. That is, that is something that we understand. What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration and other experts as well is that 
we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on uh, lowering prices. We leave that piece to the Federal Reserve. Uh, they have the monetary policies uh, to deal with the best, to have the best tools to make sure that we bring down inflation. That's the, that's the pain that the American family is feeling. And so that's what we're saying. We're trying to, what we're saying is that we were in a different place a year ago, and now we are in a much better place economically, but there's still work to do, and we understand that. Okay, and then just quickly on gas prices, the Energy Secretary Granholm is saying. Okay, liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm sorry, resorting to a childhood. Liar, liar, pants on fire. This is a woman who is being paid. She is being paid to gaslight America, to tell America, you're not really suffering. You love, and, and the consumer confidence is up. People are so happy. They're so, no, they're not. The average Joe worker, again, half of America lives paycheck to paycheck, and there was some very similar percentage who have no more than $600 in savings. No more than $600. They cannot absorb the inflation. And the other thing why I'm saying liar, liar, pants on fire, not just to her, White House spokesman, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, but to President Biden and his entire economic communist team, they're taking no responsibility for the fact that their policies are causing the inflation. Just like Jimmy Carter tried to point every other direction. It's not me, it's uh, somebody else, it's them. No, it's their policies. It's their policies, and they know it, and they don't want to admit that to you because then you might not vote for them again. But it's really important to understand, this is an administration who is, and, and by, I don't know what, when I cut her off there whether she got to the point. She bragged during this clip I had sent to Joe, but I might have cut her off too soon. She bragged about the idea that the president, in order to help Americans, have released yet more of America's strategic petroleum reserve. Let me translate that to plain English. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is not there to cover for Democrat policy failures. It's not there to cover for irresponsible policies that drain, that make our oil too expensive, our gas too expensive. It is there for emergencies. When she brags and says, and when Biden brags says, yeah, release more of the Strategic Oil, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, they're saying, yes, I have weakened America. I've made America weaker and weaker. I have made America more, more vulnerable because we don't really have what we're supposed to have on hand in this country for actual strategic needs, as in a horrible war or as in a massive natural disaster. This is a Biden-caused disaster. You get into office and the very first thing you do is shut off the development of pipelines, issue executive orders, stopping drilling, stopping the development of America's natural resources and pushing what everyone who's honest will tell you are absurd ideas that don't worry, we can just stop producing all this abundant energy in this country because after all, you know, solar and wind are gonna carry the day, don't you worry about that. Everyone who's being factual and honest is saying, we can't do that. It does not, it cannot happen and yet, they, so they're causing the oil and gas thing. They are driving down America's abundant natural resources to provide us energy. And I will take you back to the very ending of the Trump administration. We were, for the very first time, we, America, were energy self-sufficient. I mean, we, we couldn't come close to that now because of Biden policies. And so their own policies are driving up oil prices and I'm sure people listening and say, well, there are other factors. What about this? What about this? Yeah, there are other factors. If you wanted America to be energy efficient, energy self-sufficient, if you wanted America to have the freedom to travel, for families to be able to travel, to live their lives, you would do exactly the opposite of what Biden has done on everything. I want to put a little clip up, a little, it's just a meme to show you about how, what it means pragmatically to some, to a family when they're trying to decide if they can go on vacation this year. This is how much travel costs have risen. If we have that little, there we do, there we go. So fuel is up since 2019, you know, so that near the end of the Trump administration, fuel is up 52%. I mean, people, 
you know, you talk about, to our little family growing up. My, my family grew up in upstate New York, and our summer vacation every year was to pile the three kids in the car in the station wagon, drive across country to Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin, and visit our zillions of cousins. That was our entire vacation every year. Spend two weeks in Minnesota, visit all the cousins, and drive home. The difference in my family growing up, we were not wealthy. My family growing up, if fuel had jumped, in fact, I'll tell you a funny little thing. I recall... One summer, we were driving cross-country from upstate New York to Minnesota. There's all these cousins, and we stopped at a gas station. And my dad was out, you know, when he used to have to, you know, pumping the gas and, and looking at the price on the, on, the, um, on the sign or on the machine. And he got in the car, he goes, if gas ever gets to 25 cents a gallon, our family's walking everywhere. He actually said that. And it really, everyone's kind of looking at each other because we weren't going to walk to Minnesota. But I'm getting at the point, these are real in the minds and hearts of American people. These differences, just gas prices, this changes the way the average Joe who maybe thought, you know, I'm going to vote Democrat because uh, they like unions. I'm going to vote Democrat because, you know, they uh, look out for the little guy or some other stupid false line the Democrats press out, put out all the time. This is real life for families in America. Real life, I can't afford to go on vacation anymore. I didn't run through the rest of things. We don't have to. The point is, everything's going up, and the Biden team knows it. And instead of honestly owning it, and instead of saying, yeah, now that we're pushing this goofball, you know, uh, you know renewable energy is going to make us all uh, you know, utopian, and we're going to have all the energy we need, and everything's going to be wonderful. This is, instead of saying, yeah, you know, our policies are driving energy prices you know, out of control, gas prices, and we're not letting the, uh, develop, the oil and uh, gas developers do their job. We're not letting them do what they're supposed to be doing, what they could be doing, what they were doing on the Trump administration. They give this fantasy argument argument. They stare at the camera and look at the American people go, oh, everything's great. Are you kidding me? It's great. Another gaslighting Biden did. I want to point this out in case you listen to his idiotic speech. Beside the fact that he cannot articulate without just, I mean, he's got these talking point lines. I'm sure they give him big, bold, you know, font and simple points and just look angry because that's his, that's his thing. He's been a big pro-union guy ever since he's been in, in government. But one point he made was applications, this is his point, applications for new small businesses are up. It was a record year in 2021, record year of people applying for new, uh, to, to form new um, small businesses. And so, you know, number one, I would, I would like to posit that a lot of people were out of work because of Biden policies that kept paying people not to work and people finally realized, and, and shutting down businesses and people finally realizing I, I got to get some income. So that he makes it sound like that's a good statistic. Let me fill in like the rest of the story as they, as they say. So there is a, uh, here in the United States of America, uh, there's a National Federation of Independent Businesses, F NFIB, NFIB. It's a federation, you know, a, a organization of small businesses. They did their annual survey about essentially two small business owners. How are you feeling about the economy? How are you feeling about your business? How optimistic are you? How likely do you think you're going to have a good year? The answer, the small business owners of America are the gloomiest they have been in five decades. They can't even believe. I mean, and they point to all the obvious uh, you know, PGO, I'll tell you what that is, PGO, um, you know, well, inflation's out of control. Nobody wants to work. Uh, we have a supply chain concern, so we don't know if we're really going to have products and services. I mean, the economy is a complete disaster. And Biden is trying to gaslight America and say, oh, no, everything's great. His new um, White House spokesperson, Corinne Jean-Pierre, oh, yeah, everything, people are so happy they can't even believe it. This is garbage, and I'm telling you, I want to say these things to you because I think that it's important to know a couple of things about what Biden and uh, Jean-Pierre are doing. Anyone worth their salt who is a mathematician type can take, can make statistics say anything. They can make them say anything. You can look at a set of stats, cherry pick a few things that sound good for your side, spew them out when they are utterly inconsistent with the overall truth of what you're, what you're talking about. 
This is what they do. They find, well, we had, hey, applications up. Of course, every small business owner in America is scared to death about inflation, scared to death about what's going to happen to their companies. These are just, I, I mean, the, the dishonesty spewing out of the Biden administration on inflation, on small businesses, on how confident the Americans are. The truth is, everyone understands America's economy is in a world of hurt, and the most, the people hurt most are the people Biden tries to talk to at the AFL-CIO, the hourly workers, people who rely on live paycheck to paycheck. Those are the people hurt the most. And this has always been the case with the Democrats. They talk a big game about, we care about the little guy, we're up for the working families. They never are. Their policies always harm the, the, the poorest among us the most. It, it, it's, it's like as reliable as the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. Democrat, liberal, big government, now clearly Marxist socialist policies always hurt poor people. The Biden administration has nowhere to go on trying to tell you the truth. And, and so he had his idiotic statement out, by the way. Inflation is going down if you don't count gas and food. It's like you can have life on earth except there's no air and water. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. And I want you to understand this because the gaslighting is going to continue. The, the uh, you know echo chamber of left-wing media in this country, New York Times, Washington Post, every single one of them are going to be telling you how swimmingly the economy is going, how just so great everything is. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to see them do this because they know their guy's in trouble. They know he's in trouble. Um, you know, I want to do a quick thing. I, I do have a, um, before I get to my next topic for today, I do want to talk about these amazing, brave doctors in our country, but I want to hit something very quickly and, and tell you all. I have a flyer I sent to the very wonderful Mr. Joe, who is helping out today, who is my producer today. Um, I host summits. This show is called, first of all, for our radio listeners, the show is America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. The website is americacanwetalk.org. Thank you so much for listening on Brady on Radio. Check out our website. You get all sorts of information about, about my show, past interviews, our blog posts, our Why It Matters feature. People love that Why It Matters thing. It's kind of fun. Anyway, so I want to tell you something before you go off to your break of radio listeners, and that is about a summit I have coming up. This year, we're having our third annual Women for Freedom Summit. And let me say, as I'll say over and over, the summit is for everyone. We have men and women attending. It's our third annual Women for Freedom Summit for everyone. We have men and women in the audience and men and women speaking. But I really love inspiring women to vote for freedom. And we've had a little bit of a problem with that in America. Women sometimes, or some portion of women, tend to get sucked in by the promises of the Democrats. Don't worry. We'll make everything fair. We'll make everybody, uh, you know, we'll have no more unfairness and no more injustice. We'll make everything, I, I mean, just idiotic promises, but, but sadly, people get lured in. So I want to run through with you who's speaking at our summit. First of all, mark your calendars, October 15th. Saturday, October 15th. You want to be in Dallas, Texas. We had people come last year from... Uh, Oregon and um, Washington and New York and California, I mean, Florida. So we love, it's a very much a everyone's invited summit. That is the flyer up on the screen. And I'm going to run through the topics very, very quickly. Uh, Dr. Bartlett, um, who spoke at my first summit and was uh, also on my show, he was the one who broke on my show the story uh, early on in 2020 when everyone was so afraid about, um, about COVID. He broke the story of how efficacious inhaled budesonide was. And he's become a national spokesman basically on the idea of effective COVID care, but also healthcare freedom. He's talking about exposing and opposing the pandemic political agenda. Gordon Chang, brilliant China expert, love that guy, defending America from China's global control mission. Sam Fadden, one of the brightest people I know, a writer at AND. He's now moved AND.com to Substack. But he, Sam Fass, is speaking about exposing threats to America, foreign and domestic. He's a former CIA guy. Uh, Kevin Freeman is speaking on weaponizing patriot money and America's war for freedom. He's a brilliant host of his own show called Economic War Room. Frank Gaffney, longtime friend and national security expert. I mean, just extraordinaire national security expert. Speaking on strategizing to defeat security threats against 
Transamerica, uh, Jason Isaac, energy expert um, here in Texas, speaking on revealing climate change alarmism and fossil fuel facts. These are facts you've got to know to be able to defend against a climate change alarmist. Reggie Littlejohn, great friend, wonderful thinker. She's a founder of something in China to rescue women from forced abortion. But she's on a mission now, stopping China's social credit score tyranny in America. She's talking about the vaccine passports and social other ways the, the leftist communists who are taking over America are trying to make America more like China in terms of a social credit score system. She's brilliant. A Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, wonderful, brave American, former military, former U.S. Space Commander, uh, and he wrote a book exposing Marxism in today's military. Uh, he's speaking about defending military and America from Marxism. He'll be awesome. Dr. Mark McDonald been on the show before, a L.A.-based psychiatrist, uh, and talking about how the government used fear as a tool during COVID to bring about the submission and surrender of the American people, our, our surrender of freedom. You can keep that up there. I'm almost done, but I want to make sure. It's, I love that flyer being up there, if you could, wouldn't mind. So yeah, we're running through these people. Uh, and then Tina Peters, just on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, she is going to speak on exposing election fraud in the machine. She's a former Colorado Secretary of State candidate. Uh, Sydney Powell, a family friend, wonderful person. She's a prosecutor. She was a defender and really brought about the exoneration for Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. She's speaking on reviving America's rule of law and election integrity. And Evan Sayet, an author, screenwriter, humorous, he's hilarious, he's, and his new book, Revealing and Defeating the Woke Supremacy Agenda. Okay, I went through that. I won't do it in every show, but I want you to understand this, this summit is, is dedicated to having people like you, like me, like the average American who have no political power, except we actually have all the political power. If we understand the facts, if we arm with the facts, if we learn strategies, these people are going to talk about not only what they know about, but why it matters to you and what you can do about it. It'll be a great summit. We're going to have tickets go on sale at our website, americachemitalk.org, on July 4th. On July 4th, tickets will become available. Uh, plan to be in Dallas October 14th. It'll, uh, 15th is a Saturday. We have a special VIP reception for our sponsors um, and uh, speakers on Friday night. You'll love that. I really, really urge you to try to come. Mark your calendar now and don't forget. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, for our radio listeners, you're going to go off on a break in just a few minutes at the bottom of the hour, 30 minutes after the hour. So I want you to know that when you're cut off, don't go away. Come back because I have a whole other half hour of great, great stuff coming up. For radio listeners, again, you're listening to America Can We Talk, and the website is americacanwetalk.org. Okay, now I'm going to hit my next topic about the brave doctors in the COVID era. I want to just tell you, people, there is a um, an amazing... Um, consequence of this true invasion of America, this Marxist takeover, the Democrat Party, and therefore Marxist takeover of America, collectivist takeover happening right in front of our very eyes, right in front of our very eyes. I, I tell you all the time on my show, I, I run through examples, try to explain what the left is doing in Washington now that they have complete control is completely un-American. And I don't want to launch into that right now, but I do want to spend a moment to say one great consequence of that is that heroes are emerging. The truly brave among us are emerging. The people who are just not willing to let America go down are emerging and fighting. And so I had these people on my show last week. Um, on Thursday, we had Tina Peters and Sharona Bishop this past Thursday. If you missed that show, it was extraordinary. They are talking about election integrity. Tina Peters, a very brave former clerk in Mesa County, Colorado, now the candidate for Colorado Secretary of State. She exposed what she learned herself firsthand in the Dominion voting machines. I mean, a brave, brave American. So I'm getting to the point, this is a time that bravery is emerging. Well, another arena in which bravery is emerging has to do with COVID and COVID policy. We've had many doctors on this show talking about their recognizing early on in COVID that there were many existing medications, patents long elapsed, so they're not expensive, they are proven, they've been used for decades, and these doctors are saying, hey, these are really, really effective in helping COVID patients. And the answer of Anthony Fauci, the NIH, CDC, FDA, the entire cabal of alphabet soup bureaucracies in Washington was to mock, ridicule, shut down, and, and essentially tell Americans, don't listen to the doctors. Just because they've cured a 1,000 COVID patients, that doesn't mean they know anything about COVID. 
This was literally the effort of the of Anthony Fauci, the entire cabal of the Washington bureaucracies. Meanwhile, on the ground, the brave doctors in this country, and many of them have been on my show talking about this, there were effective policies to help with COVID, and we did not have the um, we did not have the institutions standing behind the doctors committed, as they're supposed to be, to actually healing patients. It's their job, healing patients, bringing health, doing everything they can to help him. In fact, that attitude out of Washington, intolerant of doctors being able to even talk about the treatments they uncovered, you also had the state medical boards in many states, including here the great state of Texas, medical board going after doctors, friends of mine, friends I know who are great doctors, friends of mine who said they actually got called before the state medical board and threatened because they dared to say, you know, actually, hydroxychloroquine is a really, really great prophylactic, and it's really great in the early phases of COVID. And, I've, and they will say, I've treated patients, doctor friends of mine who treated patients and literally had extremely unhealthy senior citizens come back from COVID and be perfectly healthy because of using these medications. And yet the answer of the industry of the, when I say the industry, I mean, it's like the, you know, we used to have Eisenhower referred to the military industrial complex. And this is like the biopharmaceutical medical uh, complex in Washington. But the answer out of state medical boards, instead of investigating, learning, and listening to the doctors uh, who are their members, they went out of the way to attack them. It's, it's outrageous. But the one I want to give uh, particular praise and courage today, um, so there was a summit recently. I'm going to guess mainstream media did not report it. The global, excuse me, global COVID summit pediatric declaration. So there was a summit recently, an international summit, a meeting of pediatricians trying to talk about COVID policy as it relates to children. Now, if you're watching headlines at all, you see, you know, the major uh, biomedical manufacturers, all of them are scrambling to be the first one to get, you know, a, a vaccine ready for five-year-olds, for three-month-olds. I mean, they're looking to vaccinate children from very young age, toddlerhood, all the way up through high school, uh, and, and developing vaccines they allege are safe for these young people for COVID, and not listening at all, not looking at the data that they themselves put out. I mean, CDC puts this out. Young people, especially very young children, are virtually uh, not threatened by COVID. So they're racing to develop vaccines, be the first one in, get the FDA approval, which is, you know, because of the um, just melding entirely of the biomedical industry with our own government's uh, FDA and approval process. It's not really independent approval by the FDA. But what I want to do is, is give praise to the Global COVID Summit Pediatric Declaration. And this, was, this meeting was last week. And among the things they affirmed, by the way, this is available on our website. Go to americachemitalk.org and you can read this. You should read it yourself. You can read it yourself at my website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, I link the articles I'm referring to. And I want to make sure uh, that you have a chance to read this because I can't read the whole declaration themselves. Welcome back to our radio listeners. I'm Brady on Radio. What we're talking about right now is the Global COVID Summit Pediatric Declaration. Again, go to my website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. You can read this yourself. Why this is so consequential and why I am speaking of this in terms of bravery is that there are pediatricians in this world who simply will not salute to the biomedical, pharmaceutical, government agency complex that is forcing solutions onto doctors and therefore onto patients that are not in the best interest of the patients. So these people met, these pediatricians, and they issued a declaration. Number one, they say, we affirm there has never been a state of emergency for infants, children, and adolescents regarding COVID-19. There's no emergency. No emergency. We affirm, I'm going to say that again, we affirm there's never been a state of emergency for infants, children, and adolescents regarding COVID-19 as their natural immunity is robust and their risk for severe disease or death is minimal. Furthermore, most children have now developed natural immunity to SARS-CoV-2. They've got, at this point, exposure is living in America, that natural immunity. 
we observe unnecessary and ineffective COVID-19 public health policies have had particularly disastrous consequences for children, for children and adolescents. We're alarmed by recent changes in developmental milestones. Kids are being stunted in their normal growth, the milestones of growth, because of the things that the government put in place, such as masks. They say masks have never been proven effective in halting the transmission of SARS-CoV-2, but they have been shown to be harmful to the social development and mental health of children and adolescents. I could read the whole thing and you would think it was worth it to hear. I urge you to read it. And I want to just close out this point by this, this segment. It's talking about the idea that this is a time in our country for bravery. It's time for brave doctors to stand up against the CDC and the NIH and the FDA and Anthony Fauci and all of the individuals who are willing, completely willing, to push COVID-19 vaccines push whatever the biomedical pharmaceutical companies want pushed to the detriment of the American people, of children. The ones the left says they always care about so much. Oh, we love the children. Well, you know what? The ones who really love children are the ones who are brave enough to put out truth because doctors like this and doctors from the America's Frontline Doctors, America's Frontline Doctors, if you haven't been following them, you should. They were formed by a, you know, Another a series of doctors, a, a bunch of dis- different doctors came together to form America's Frontline Doctors, mainly Dr. Simone Gold, who's been on the show numerous times. She's a wonderfully brave patriot. She keeps doing, I mean, and they're endlessly resourceful, thinking of new ideas, new resources, new ways to, to keep the American public informed. They are relentlessly shut down by social media, but they still are trying to say what matters at the end of the day to doctors is making sure they are conveying to the public and to their patients the highest and best truth they understand based on facts. And when I say these people are so brave, I'm t- I mentioned earlier I have friends who are doctors who had their licenses threatened. There have been doctors who have literally lost their jobs, lost their reputation, at least among the elite medical world, lost their reputation, lost their jobs, lost income, and in fact have been accused of wrongdoing by simply speaking truth about what they have learned in their own practices in helping people deal with COVID. It is so much easier in this era of the left-wing mob, which is made up of all of the left-wing political players in Washington, left-wing mob, the media mob, the Twitter mob, the mockery mob, has banded together all of them, all left-wing media, to simply go on marching orders from Fauci, or probably eventually Obama and Soros, whoever it is, marching orders that you never allow people to discuss the possible consequence, uh, the, the possibility of having efficacious and very reasonably priced medications it would be just fine for most people, that most people, uh, many young people especially, can treat COVID you know, like a flu. You stay home, you take care of yourself, drink lots of liquids, you know, get a lot of sleep. I mean. This is the answer that doctors have been trying to get out, and the bravery is that these doctors continue to speak up. The America's Frontline Doctors, this COVID pediatric summary, individual doctors uh, who around the country are doing this because they're doing it at great personal risk to their reputation, their jobs, their income, and even perhaps their license. This is how desperate the left is to shut down America's understanding by doctors. It'd be different if it were some goofball in a street corner who didn't finish high school, who was spewing out, ah, you don't need the vaccines, ah, you know, whatever they were saying. These are doctors who actually, for the most part, you know, support vaccines, agree with vaccines, want them used generally in life. So really want to salute them and urge you to read that declaration. And when you have, if you go to our website and read that declaration, and then you have a friend saying, you know, I'm considering getting my, you know, six-month-old a COVID shot, send them this article. Send it to people, spread it around, say, look, you don't really need to be doing this. This is how you as an average, you know, a non-medical person, a non-medical professional, how you can help in America. You can start by spreading the truth these doctors have been willing so bravely to put out. Okay, I'm gonna hit two more stories. I put food, factories, fires, and fuel. I love alliteration, okay? I think it's, I, I may be a little bit juvenile, but I love alliteration. Food, factories, fires, and fuel. I want to say, and many of you have probably read stories about how the astonishing number 
of fires uh, and other you know, uh, horrible consequences are befalling America's food manufacturing plants, America's food manufacturing plants, um, as well as just farms. Uh, there was a uh, fire breaking out at another food processing plant happened recently. Um, they just had a, a big story out of Kansas. They had like 3,000 cows drop dead. And there, I saw later they're saying, well, it's probably just the heat, you know, because it's been hot. It is hot in the south here in the summertime. But um, farmers saying, no, it wasn't unusually hot. Anyway, I want to just plant a few seeds about this. I have a friend who is a, um, um, sent me this uh, list. And so it's a list of literally 65, 65 incidents of either fires or other disasters befalling food manufacturing plants, as well as the uh, need to discover, uh, need, need to destroy um, animals. I mean, finding some disease is spread around by chickens. There's one, uh, in, um, the chicken, 58,000 chickens had to be killed. 339,000 turkeys had to be killed. Um, they had a fire destroy a premier distributor of organic and healthy food. Uh, I mean, 65 instances, the earliest of which, the earliest of which was April of 21. So between April of 21 and now, so we're, you know, not even into, um, you know, we're a little over a year, we're not even into a year and a half, you've had at least 65 instances. And I started looking these up because my friend just sent me this document. I, I started looking them up and they were all valid. Now, some of them were, a mysterious fire breaks out, but the factory wasn't destroyed. But the point is, there are more and more people in this country deeply, deeply concerned that we're having, you know, a, a already acknowledged by the president impending food shortage, which is very bizarre in a country that was essentially, you know, the world's breadbasket. We have, you know, tons of farmland in this country, and we have people who want to work and want to produce food, and yet we've had this series of astonishingly uh, seemingly out of control, way out of the norm uh, number. As I say, this person sent me 65, and their, their uh, listing actually ends, actually their listing of 65 uh, ends in April um, of this year, meaning that we've had more since then. We just had another one. Um, I don't remember the details, so I won't go into it. But I want to make this point about it. People are sending this around now all over all the social media websites and you know all over Telegram and everywhere, basically saying, you know, what is up with this? This is scary looking. What, what, why is this happening? And I want to say that I normally um, deplore conspiracy theories. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think that people, you, you can engender fear unnecessarily by spreading conspiracy theories. And so I've been really careful with this story. Having said that, you know, in America, if you dare say there was election fraud in 2020, which was over, has been overwhelmingly proven just by the movie 2000 Mules, let alone by all the evidence of electronic election fraud and what Tina Peters uncovered, what's been uncovered in numerous other states, but if you even say the words 2020 election stolen or, you know, uh, massive fraud in 2020, you're guilty of conspiracy. So... The media, and, and if you ever read left-wing sources, which I don't urge you to do, but they really, they describe anyone who even mildly ascribes to concern about election fraud, uh, you know, the completely debunked, mythological, you know, desperate Trump supporters, sycophants, blah, 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 blah. They mock people. They mock people who talk about election fraud. They mock people who talk about concerns about the vaccines, even though if you listen to my show or anybody else's show, you've likely heard massive evidence of damage to individuals, harm and death to individuals from the vaccines for something which we just went over, can had for almost everybody, the vast majority of Americans, uh, had efficacious treatments available if only the government had put them out there and encouraged them. So if the, the left you know, yells conspiracy theory all the time when they aren't conspiracies, I want to say this whole thing of all of these fires at food plants, all these, you know, plane crashes into and destroys a food plant, you know, thousands, and in fact, in case millions of some of them of animals had to be destroyed, um, you know, turkeys, uh, an onion factory, uh, just, I mean, I, I could just keep reading, 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 but I want to make a couple points about this. Number one is, at some point, 
the record number of fires and destruction and killing of animals because they supposedly had some problem, at some point, you're allowed to question it and say, you know, this is a little out of the ordinary. This is a little much. You're allowed to question it. You should question it. You should say, what the heck's happening? And I will say point number two is, in the context of what we are watching the Biden administration do to this country, yes, it is very valid that people are starting to wonder, is there a pattern here? Is there something wrong here? Is this somehow an intentional thing? Now, I don't I am not saying I think that there is one uh, person or one group you know, storming the country, destroying food plants. But I will say, when you look at America in the context of the loss of freedom under the Biden administration, loss of free speech for sure, you can't talk about COVID or election fraud without being threatened as a domestic terrorist. You can't peacefully protest on the grounds of the Capitol without being indicted and convicted and sent to prison if it happened to be January 6th that day. You cannot do much of what used to be normal in America where the Biden administration, I always go to abandoning the border, literally abandoning our border, dropping all of the reasonable protections we had to keep America sovereign and having a border. We have foreign policy far more serving the interests of China than America. Yeah, people are suspicious of the motives of this Biden administration. I'm very concerned that Joe Biden, because of all of Hunter's dealings over the years, Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party has great control over Joe Biden. So the idea that we're all supposed to look at all of these da this damage to food manufacturing arenas or, or, or animals that are, are grown for food and just think, wow, that's just such an amazing coincidence. No, we don't have to. You're, we're allowed to be suspicious. We should be suspicious. We should be asking, really, what what is the plan? Because there doesn't appear to be one out of the Biden administration to deal with what we now understand is an impending food shortage. Oh, and by the way, speaking of pen, they're now predicted no kidding, a tampon shortage. Now, I will just say, talk about a war on women. Uh-huh. Okay. But I want to get to this shortage thing in America. This is, I do not believe is organic. It is not natural. It is contrived. It's manipulated. It's orchestrated. And the American people have the right to ask a lot of questions. I'll come back to that story. I am following that story. I will come back to it. Okay, before I get to my last story, which is about Trump endorsements, it's a great, great story. But I want to very quickly tell you, uh, I mentioned our summit earlier. I want to ask you, first of all, to consider going to our website, americacanwetalk.org. There are three things you can do there. Number one, this show is listener supported. I have done the show since 2014 without pay. I'm a lawyer by background. I could be earning more money than this, which is I'm not earning anything by doing this. I do this show to speak up for the unique and extraordinary greatness of America at a time at which I think America is in deep peril. So if you enjoy this show, you enjoy what you learn, please share the show. However you're listening, I encourage you to go to our website to listen, americacanwetalk.org, and share the show. Tell your friends. Also at that website, you can make a donation to keep this show running. I, I literally thrive on listener donations. So consider making a donation at that website. You can also, which is americacanwetalk.org. I also urge you to consider becoming a member for a mere $50 a year. You can become a member of America Can We Talk. Join America Can We Talk. You're going to get discount prices on the tickets for our fabulous fall summit. And, and discounts on the products we're working on developing. Love to have you become a member. Last at the website, subscribe to the newsletter, a simple way to catch up on the weekends, find out what you might have missed, and also to share the show. So I, the, our website, I urge you to do that. I also want to urge you to consider um, the way, other way that I have been made a small amount of income, uh, is through MyPillow. And Joe, I believe, has a flyer to show you about MyPillow.com. Okay, so that MyPillow, you recognize that name, MyPillow.com, Mike Lindell's company. Um, if you go to MyPillow.com, they have great products. We just got more pillows at our house. We're ordering more things, too. They're great quality products, high-quality products. And when you order at MyPillow.com, you can, at the very end, they ask for promo code promo code. Put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, Debbie G. Put that promo code up and you get up to 66% off on your entire order. I get a small commission and all of us help to get great products to you brought right to your home and it helps in saving America. I also urge you to consider going to the, um, 
H2Bev.com is the other product I'm, I'm able to offer. Hydro Shot is the drink. There's a picture of it. I have one every morning. Truly, I would never lie to you. I have one every single morning, Hydro Shot, and they, it is a fabulous, healthy product, uh, hydrogen-infused. Hydrogen it truly does help you with focus, with uh, energy level. It is a great product, only available online. And again, H2Bev, H, the numeral 2, Bev, B-E-V.com, and on that website, I'd also put in promo code Debbie G. Uh, you get a discount. I get a small payment and you will love this stuff. Get a free case shipped to your house. You'll love it. And it'll come right to you. You can't buy it in the store. I'd love to have your support for that way. Okay. So those are the things I want to mention uh, before I get to my um, final topic. And the final topic is Trump endorsements and GOP victories. I want to say quickly about this, that there are many people, the uh, anti-American left, which is, you know, truly anti-American, what they believe in, today's left. Um, but also, uh, you know, rhino is maybe a tired, people are tired of that word, rhino, Republican in name only. But the establishment Republicans or the uniparty in Washington, the Democrats and Republicans who actually, you know, don't have really very divergent views on much of anything. They just like being in charge. They like power. They're pretty friendly to the World Economic Forum pretty friendly to the globalist socialist mindset, these people are all bound and determined to shut down President Trump and make sure he doesn't run for president again. And so among the things they do is every time we have an election, we have in this off year, so we're going to have fall elections in November of this year, 2022, uh, they try to get, they get hysterical and they get media coverage, they get headlines if any Trump endorsed candidate in a primary loses. They're just so excited to have a Trump-endorsed candidate lose. And these are Republicans. Now, obviously not the conservatives, of which there are a handful, but these establishment types, Trump really rocked the boat in Washington. It makes them insane that he's still so popular with the people. So these people jump up and down every time there is any primary and a Trump-endorsed candidate loses. However, it's amazing to tell you, so we had elections. I'm not going to run through the details just not relevant to the point I want to make today, uh, two points I want to make today, but one point is, just so you have a track record, because some of Trump's endorsements did lose, Trump-endorsed candidate so far, his record since he left office, 129 won of the Trump-endorsed candidates and eight lost. So you'll hear about the eight as though it's the biggest news since, you know, uh, sliced bread. That, oh my gosh, another Trump-endorsed candidate. Understand, Trump endorsement is helping people because uh, helping people get elected. And I want to make a point about that. Actually, uh, two really, really important points. Uh, one is, it's important in politics not to get sucked into thinking that your mission in politics is to support some individual. Now, if you work for a candidate or elected official, yes, you have to work for them. But the higher goal of true patriots is to defend the ideas of America, defend the ideas in the Declaration of Independence, defend the Constitution, defend America. That's your job as a patriot in every generation since America began. The reason is good news and very exciting news that Trump is far more successful than not in endorsing people is not because you should be a Trump sycophant and it's all about Trump personally. It's not. He did do an enormously consequential and important job in winning the election in 2016 and putting, in forth, putting forth his policies for four years, which the Republicans fought him most of the way. But putting in America First policies, the reason to be happy about this tally of 129 to 8 is because what the voters are really saying is not, I love Trump, it's all about Trump. It's all about America. It's all about Trump restored, respect for America, love for America, the notion that we have to patriotically defend America. That's what people got behind. And that's why they look for the candidates he supports. Now, you may disagree with some of his endorsements. I might disagree with some of his endorsements. But the news that Trump is overwhelmingly winning is great not because he personally is our savior. There's no only one savior, and it's not Donald Trump. But he is the one who spoke up about America in a, in a very hostile environment in that political campaign in 2016, continues to speak up for America. He's standing up for America and America first ideas, and it's awesome. And the American people are saying in every way they can in these primaries, we really like these ideas. We like Trump's ideas. One of the quick things was great news out of the great state of Texas. So 
We had a special election here. We had a, an open seat in the U.S. Congress. And in Texas, what happens, uh, the governor designates an election day and, and anyone can run. So people, you know, run for an open congressional seat. So this seat, uh, this is a district in South Texas. In fact, it's very, 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 it is the southern tip of Texas, the southern border tip. Uh, there was a candidate named Myra Flores, I should have sent a picture, very beautiful Hispanic woman, last name Flores, F-L-O-R-E-S, and she won, she's Republican, she won this special election, a special primary, so she'll go to Congress, this is District 34 in Texas, a newly formed CD 34, she will go to Congress from now until the election's in the fall, and then she ha she's up again in November, and then you know she'll be the incumbent at that point, and then carry on uh, for the next two years. The point is, in a very heavily majority, nearly 85% majority Hispanic district, she won. A Republican won in an 85% Hispanic district. And the reason I'm so excited about this is because it's what I've always said in politics since I've worked on campaigns or, or done speeches or done my show. You have to sell the right ideas. We should not, on the, on the side of people who love America, love the Declaration of Independence, love the Constitution, love freedom, love the rule of law, love the Bill of Rights, our job is to defend America and speak to everyone, sell our ideas, and people will come to us because regardless of their race, ethnicity, skin color, or national origin, they'll come to us because our ideas are right. And that's why she won. Fabulous victory, fabulous victory. She's headed to Washington again, representing a district nearly 85% Hispanic, and she's Republican, Republican woman, Hispanic woman won. This is great news. And by the way, Elon Musk tweeted out that he voted for her. Apparently, that's where he's living. He's down that area. He voted for her, and she responded with this really cute response and a tweet saying, essentially, welcome to all Democrat walkaways, which uh, he is, which Elon Musk is. Okay, we're wrapping up our show for the day, at least for our Radio listeners, you're going to zip off here in about uh, 30 seconds. I want to again remind you, you're listening to Debbie Georgiatis on America Can We Talk. Our website is americacanwetalk.org. Cannot urge you strongly enough. Go to the website. Watch the show there. You can do that. I want to thank Bridie on Radio for carrying the show. Love that. Appreciate them so much. I appreciate all of you listening to the show. And as you come back every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, please know I'm always talking truth about America. Tomorrow, Thursday, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West in studio in Dallas. You don't want to miss it. I'll talk to you next time, my radio friends. For everybody else I do at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today with the first story of the Biden team's gaslighting on steroids. Okay, I got to find gaslighting is a fun word, but I want to find a, the um, verb or the actually a gerund, I think, uh, to uh, say it's like you're doing the thing with the Star, the, uh, Star Wars thing. But Biden's, Biden team's gaslighting, Biden and his press secretary are beyond parody, past the Baghdad Bob caricature. That was the guy who was uh, in Iraq trying to tell the Iraqi people, oh my gosh, we're doing great, as America's pummeling them. Oh, we're doing great. Anyway, Biden and his press secretary are beyond parody, past the Baghdad Bob caricature. The economy is booming. Uh-huh. Less debt, more savings, best economic performance in decades, absurd lies. This is complete nonsense, gaslighting on steroids, massively insulting to the intelligence of the American people. Recent polling of businesses shows 48-year lows in confidence and outlook, and these are the small businesses, the backbone of America. Americans are fed up with a government that lies all the time about everything and treats its citizens as ignorant, manipulable fools. This cannot continue. And brave doctors in the COVID era... Pediatricians stepping up around the world stop the vaccination of children. Pfizer hoped to withhold vaccine trial evidence. Please remember this. Pfizer asked to withhold their vaccine trial evidence for 55 to 75 years. Now Dr. Naomi Wolf and others are poring over the data that shows the vaccines are not very safe and definitely not effective. 
Yet Pfizer and the captured FDA are plowing forward with authorizations for vaccination of children and infants. Americans are watching real-time demonstration of compromised big medicine, big pharma, big government, but also of truly courageous physicians who are shouting the truth. Americans living through a spectacular collapse of trust in government, big pharma, and big medicine, restoring trust may take decades. And on food factories, fires, and fuel my alliteration celebration of the day. There is now a list of 65 incidents of fires, explosions, destruction of America's food processing plants and destruction of animals over the last 12 to 24 months, far beyond coincidental or random or bad luck. Lack of federal concern and investigation is stunning. Biden continues to drain the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, rendering America helpless in time of actual emergency versus the emergency he is creating. Wake up, America is being attacked from within in a war to destroy America, and the creation of food and fuel shortages is part of that war. The American people must rise up to save their country because American institutions are completely compromised and corrupt. They are not engaged in protecting America. They are aiding and abetting America's destruction. And finally, Trump endorsed and GOP victories. Trump's endorsement record is now 129 wins, 8 losses. Trump sycophants and anti-Trump rhinos both missed the point. The wins are not about the personality or charisma of Donald Trump. The losses are not about a resurgence of love for the uniparty. Trump endorsees are winning because the American people recognize the importance of the MAGA agenda and they can discern the candidates who do and do not embrace that agenda. Occasional rhino wins mean nothing in terms of measuring the American mood. Georgia GOP primary that Kemp won appears to be rigged, almost certainly rigged. Uh, Mace in South Carolina probably won't, probably won because of Democrat crossover voting in the GOP primary, which should be outlawed. Uniparty swamp problem is awakened America, not Trump endorsements. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can